Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, good evening and welcome to 2022. Happy New Year. We are glad to be back with you. We took a week or so off and went and played with the grandchildren and enjoyed Christmas time with them. But we are glad to be back, glad to be in our own bed, to be honest, and to be able to be back with you. Now, a couple of announcements to make. One is that beginning today, Beginning today, January the 3rd, we are going to five episodes per week. We're going to be doing several different things along that time. On Tuesdays, tomorrow, we're going to begin a series on getting started. We know there are so many more people that are now into prepping than there were before COVID. And so there's a lot of folks that we see asking questions about how do I get started? You know, there's a lot of people in several different kinds of living conditions. Mm -hmm. Some live urban in high-rise apartment buildings, and other people are homesteading at a farmhouse out in the middle of rural nowhere. So there's all different kinds of experiences and elements that people find themselves in. They just want to know what are the basics, how do I get started, how expensive is this going to be, What's the first thing I need to be concerned about? Lots and lots of questions, and we intend to answer them. So on Tuesdays, that will be our Getting Started days. They're going to do an entire series on getting started in prepping. Then on Thursdays, we're going to do more advanced prepping. This is going to go well beyond the normal prepping episodes that we have done. There'll be times that we'll be talking about solar power. We'll talk about generators. We'll talk about homesteading. Several different things that we're going to bring in there on Thursdays. And then Fridays right now, we're looking at Fridays being what we're calling look back days. We're going to look back at what's happened over the week, over the month or over the year, Uh, maybe even look back way back in time and see some events or things that we might be able to learn from. But we wanted to welcome you to 2022. You know, it's been a rough two years. You know, it kind of has. 2020 was a dumpster fire, and some say that 2021 has been even worse. Well, you know, a lot of things that were supposed to get better didn't get better in terms of how we're living our lives as people here in America and and the education systems, the medical systems, the political systems, the community systems. Uh, just when we thought everything was going to sort of turn back to the way we're used to, uh, we found that 2021, in some respects, didn't really go that way or or it changed. Things are changing at a rate that's very, very hard for a lot of folks to really adjust to. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of frustration. We see a lot of frustration with some of the things that are going on and things that have gone on. We see a lot of anger. Uh, We've seen a lot of depression during this period of time. And we're even seeing apathy. We're seeing with some of the political things that people are becoming apathetic and that they have come to not care what Washington does. Well, they believe there's really not a lot they can do about it. But we can. 
but they believe that we can't make a difference. There was a boy and his father that were walking on a beach, and there were thousands of live starfish that had washed up on the beach. And the boy began throwing them back into the ocean one by one. And the father questioned him and said, there's so many, it doesn't make any difference. And as the boy threw one back, he said it does to that one. Mm, So it can make a difference, even if it's to that one. It really can. And it's almost like we've been asleep for two years. We're two years older and we're two years behind. That's true. You know, and before we get kind of fully involved into our podcast, we do want to mention our sponsors. We do want to mention Jim Curtis Knives and also ProLine Design Group. Mm -hmm. And to tell you about ProLine Design Group, uh, they've been with us for some time as ProLine Designs, but they're bringing all of their different things under one uh, umbrella and just to better be able to serve you. Now, they are involved in website design, website hosting, and also in logo design. As well as app building. As well as app building. But some of you will be involved in making changes within your business. And I know that we always spent the week between Christmas and New Year's really going over, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a few minutes, but we would make some decisions to make some changes and we would put those into place. And if you are looking at building a website, ProLine Design Group is great at designing logos. If you are a podcaster or a new podcaster and you need artwork, they would be good for helping you with the artwork that you would like to have for your podcast. So, so many things there under ProLine Design Group, and so we certainly appreciate them. And you mentioned Jim Curtis Knives, and Jim is just a custom knife builder, and he builds some beautiful, beautiful knives. They all come with a lifetime guarantee, lifetime sharpening, and two (laughs) Band-Aids. Absolutely. They're just that sharp. Okay, now, Some folks make New Year's resolutions. Oh, yes. You know, starting a week before New Year's Eve, even. uh, A lot of celebrities and famous people get put upon by reporters. They want to know, what are your resolutions? What do you want to do different? What do you want to change? What do you want to succeed in for the coming year? So all of these resolutions, we feel like we owe it to ourselves to just turn the page and declare Certain things that we want to do to make our lives improved, to be better. We're generally focusing on ourselves is what we're doing. But there's a better way to handle that than resolutions. My resolution for this new year is the same as it's been for the last several new years, and that's to not make any New Year's resolutions. (laughs) Exactly. That way I don't break them. Now, Uh I do make some plans and set some goals. And we've done a lot of that, but I don't do New Year's resolutions, but a lot of people decide they're going to lose some weight, so they buy a gym membership, and those skyrocket in January. Oh, yeah, the ads are out there. All of the gyms that are uh, looking for members and all of the Peloton and the the uh, exercise equipment people, I mean, they are really mm-hmm. putting it on there. And so those gym memberships get used about three times, and then they quit going. Oh, sure. People buy exercise equipment in January, and then you'll find that sitting on the curb in August or September. It might not even be that long. Well, it's 
they keep it that long and decide, well, I'm not going to use it. But they quit using it by the end of January. Mm -hmm. But this is, being a new year, it is time to turn the page. You know, the past is past. What was yesterday is gone. Mm -hmm. It's a time for a new beginning. 2022. Now, historically... I took between I took the week between Christmas and New Year's and we did this in business we did it to evaluate the past year what did we do right what did we do wrong what worked what didn't and what did we not do that we said we would do and why did we not do it and then we would hash out the details of plans for the coming year we would set goals and we would set action plans and we would hold ourselves and each other accountable to those goals and plans. And, you know, this applies to prepping. It applies to finances, work, business, school, family, anything and everything. You know, it does. And you've given me something to think about this past week when we were driving along. We were talking about our personal upcoming goals and action plans for this year. And you helped me learn the difference between a purpose and a goal Mm -hmm. and that they actually are two different things. I can say, I want to lose weight. Okay. That's kind of more of a purpose because there's nothing completely specific about that. Mm -hmm. I don't have any timeline on there. I don't have a specific number of pounds that I'm looking at. I'm not trying to evaluate a certain exercise regimen or nutrition plan that'll help me achieve that. And so I've had to learn when I'm setting a goal to state more than a purpose because a purpose is very nebulous. Yeah, if you say, I I want to lose weight, okay, you can accomplish that goal tomorrow. Skip a couple of glasses of water and you'll lose a half ounce or an ounce or a quarter pound. You've lost weight. Yeah, so you, yeah, I see so what you're you saying. reached your goal in yeah. one day. You mm-hmm. accomplished what you said you would do. But I, I think your words were to get healthier. Mm-hmm. It was not specifically about losing weight, although you could probably stand to lose three or four pounds. It was not about weight, but it was about being healthier. So a goal has to be measurable. You have to have a way to measure that goal. That's very, very key there. I want you to mm-hmm. repeat that. A goal? A goal must be measurable. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That that makes it an actual goal. It does, but it also needs a time limit on it. Hmm. Now, I got laughed at by a few of y'all, not, not listeners, but family, actually, when I said my goal each year is to weigh the same or less on New Year's Day as I did on Thanksgiving morning. Hmm. So, in, in other words, not to gain that holiday 15. Not to get, gain that holiday 15. And guess what, folks? I weighed yesterday morning. I weighed on January the 2nd, and I didn't do it on January the 1st because we were driving in and we got in late. But yesterday morning, January the 2nd, I weighed the exact same thing that I did the morning of Thanksgiving. So I had a goal. It was measurable. I measured it yesterday. It had a time limit and I met that time limit. So I accomplished that goal. So I don't have to worry about losing that holiday 15 this year. Cool. Well, congratulations. I'm just going to need to lose that COVID 15. Now, one of the things that we can do with this is to have a new attitude. 
See, trying doesn't always work out. Yeah, a lot of people say, I'm going to try this, or I'm going to try to do that, or I'm going to try to be this, the, the word try. Yeah, trying leaves the door open to failure. Mm. Now, to paraphrase Yoda in Star Wars, there is no try. There is do, and there is do not. There is no try. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Apollo 13 movie, uh, Gene Krantz would say, failure is not an option. Either we do or we do not. It's just that simple. Yeah, and it takes effort. And that effort is a decision. I was telling you some of the things driving back yesterday that I'm doing for the new year. And you kind of raised your eyebrows because some of them are going to be a little bit difficult for me. They're a stretch for me. But to accomplish what I want to accomplish this year, I have to take that decision to take that effort, and that takes discipline, and discipline is a decision. Yeah, discipline is hard. And discipline takes perseverance, and that, too, is a decision. Mm -hmm. Zig Ziglar said, a great attitude will not let you do anything, but it will let you do everything better than a bad attitude. So one of my goals for this year is to have a good attitude all the way through the year. And I think you make a pretty good measurement of that. And I want you to hold me accountable when my attitude is not what it should be. I want you to call me out on that. Okay. And let's keep my attitude a new attitude for the coming year. And, you know, a lot of success there is going to be for you specifically, is not to let past failures prevent you from moving ahead with these goals. You remember Thomas Edison. I say you remember Thomas Edison. Well, like I'm you, not quite that old. <laughs> like you but... went to school with him or something. No, Thomas Edison said, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. I mean, if anyone was ever truly disciplined and dedicated, it would have to be a Thomas Edison because he literally did not give up on that light bulb filament until he found the combination that worked the way he knew it could work. And because of his efforts, we're able to sit here tonight without having to have candles burning for us to be able to see. Exactly. We don't have any gas lanterns that we're having to tune up or candles that we're having to light or fireplaces to read by. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Thomas Edison. And, you know, we all carry baggage. We all have baggage that, that comes along with us, whether it's in a relationship or whether it's at work or whatever it is. We all have baggage, and we can't, for the most part, do anything to change it. It is our past. It is our history. But do we always have to pick it up and drag it along with us? That's part of the point. Mm -hmm. We don't need to let that failure keep us from doing what we want to do. We can learn from it, but don't focus on it. Yes. You know, windshields are bigger than rearview mirrors. That's profound. Yes, it is. Did you write that? I think I did. Okay, I like that. That means, in other words, glance at the past, but focus on your future. Exactly. Don't let the past failures keep you from doing. Be a Thomas Edison. Keep going. Have that perseverance. Now, as you mentioned a while ago, we need a purpose. We need to determine our purpose. 
And as it relates to preparedness, our purpose is to survive reasonably comfortably and through all of the normal SHTF stuff that may come our way, we want to survive it comfortably, which means we are able to eat, drink, and stay warm. And secondly, our purpose is to encourage people and teach others to be prepared, how to prepare, what to prepare, when to prepare. That's another one of our purposes. And that's the actual purpose of this podcast. Because you know what? Stuff happens. you got to stay prepared. Exactly. And there's a lot of folks out there that are new to this. Maybe they don't call it preparedness. Maybe they don't call it prepping. But they've realized that they at least need some food and toilet tissue in the house. And COVID taught them that. And since then, they've been thinking about, you know, I need to be a little bit better prepared for things that could happen. Well, you know, too, something that I've noticed, they keep talking about the supply chain. Now, last March and April, the supply chain seemed to be depicted particularly as the availability of bathroom tissue. Mm -hmm. It really came down to that. We didn't see grocery shortages. We didn't see gasoline shortages, but we did see toilet paper shortages. But since then, we've had all of 2020 to get that particular problem figured out. But 2021 dawned, and throughout the entire past year, we did begin to see gas stations putting signs up saying, no gas. We saw grocery stores with empty shelves. We saw appliance stores with nothing to sell. We saw car manufacturers with no new product because they couldn't get a computer chip. So supply chain issues now is an extremely strong force at being able to get us preppers to up our game because now we're beginning to see, you know what? It's time to go ahead and make a few, maybe extra purchases, maybe increase your prep spending by 10, 15, 20% or whatever you feel you can afford because we are beginning to see many areas of outage. And so that's what preppers live for is that we need to be able to have our supplies and our preps where we can get them and where we can use them. And we need to do that because stuff happens and everyone needs to be prepared. Everyone needs to be prepared. Now, interestingly, and you know that we live in North Alabama, and I looked at the weather forecast for tonight and tomorrow. We've just, we had some tornadoes go through here yesterday, and they said that the temperature was going to drop tonight, and it could be as low as the low 20s or high teens tomorrow morning early in the morning when I have to go out. Typical southern weather. Exactly. We ran the air conditioner today and we'll be in the heat tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I saw that caught me by caught me off guard and I showed it to you and it caught you off guard, I think, is that they are calling for as much as two to three inches of snow tonight and tomorrow morning in North Alabama. Yeah. And as much as an inch and a half down almost to Birmingham. Birmingham could be a trace to one and a half inches. Now, how many people are going to wake up in the morning and see snow and not be able to drive in it and not be prepared to feed themselves for a day or two at least 
if we get into a snow situation. Or maybe they've been out of town all through the holidays, and they've now come back home thinking it's time to get back to work, time to get back to school, and they don't have any provisions in the house thinking, okay, well, I'll do that Sunday night or maybe Mm -hmm. Monday afternoon. They don't have a battery. They don't have a loaf of bread. And then their power goes out. There are going to be some folks that are going to learn the hard way what it feels like to not have any uh, alternative heat uh, Yeah, machines. we used to have a flashlight around here. Anybody seen where that flashlight was? Mm-hmm. That's, now it's a mad scramble in the darkness mm-hmm. and in the cold to try to figure out how to get through the next 30 minutes. Of course, I'm one that believes if your flashlight's not on your body, it's too far away to begin with. I, that's true. I asked him the other day, I said, have you got a flashlight on you? And he looked at me and seriously, he said, are you kidding me? You know, is that a rhetorical question? I said, I, I, I forgot myself for a moment. Of course, you've got a flashlight on you. I mean, he can be walking around the house in his pajamas, but he'll have a flashlight on him. Oh, yeah. He it, will. It sticks right down in those pajama pants real mm-hmm. well, clips on, and you just, it's there if you need it. He's a prepper through and through. Anyway, let's go back to some of this. And we were talking about your purpose. Now, what your purpose is defines your goals or determines the goals that you will set. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned that one of the purposes of this podcast is to help people to learn to become more prepared for when stuff happens. And so one of the goals that we have had for a little while now, we've been working on this for a little while, is to put together one day a week that is back to the very basics. And we're going to start tomorrow with the introduction to prepping, and we're going to go to getting started, and we're going to walk the new prepper through that step by step. And so that's one of the goals, and that's determined by one of our purposes. Okay, we talked about so much of this goal setting And if we're going to have a new attitude and we're going to have a better 2022 than we have 2020 and 2021, then we need to set some goals. Goals can be broken down into short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals. Some folks break that one year, one to five years, and over five years. I use a little different system. I use a short-term is less than one month. I use a midterm goal is one month up to about two years. And for long-term goals, I put that at over two years. Most of the goals that I have are less than one-year goal, with a few of them being one to five years. So I just wanted to break that down where I could handle that a little bit better. Now, we mentioned a while ago that they need to be measurable and they need to be dated. Now, just to show you the difference of what I'm talking about here, is the goal is not going to be to lose some weight. The goal is going to be lose 10 pounds by a given date. We can measure that. We can't measure lose some weight. Right. That's just, that's a completely open-ended. That's too broad. Mm Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to stock more food. Now, that's yeah. some of the prepper goals. Say, I'm going to stock more food. Well, one extra can of soup that's technically more is more food. Exactly. That is not a measurable, reasonable goal. It's just too broad. Right. How about I'm going to stock two more weeks of food by March the 1st? Right. Yeah. How about that for a goal? Yes. I'm going to stock two more weeks of food. 
by March the 1st. And of course, if you already meet your goal before time or ahead of time, Set start, another, start a new goal. Maybe double double your efforts. Maybe do the same thing and double your efforts. You know, the, the, the purpose there is continuously challenge yourself because you've got to be able to shoot for something. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard a long time ago when I was in business, if you can't see a target, you can't hit it. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be able to see what that target is. And if your efforts are very, very minimal at first and it was a much easier goal, challenge yourself the next time. Find out what would be the challenge for yourself to either become healthier, lose weight, stock more food, prepare financially, you know, find those ways that are really going to maybe pinch you a little bit because that means that you're really having to put in a measured effort and you're going to find that the payoff of achieving that goal is far sweeter. And, you know, when we're talking about this, we're not talking about just in prepping. Now, every bit of this applies to prepping, but it applies to every avenue of our life as well. So we need to be setting those goals. And as I told you yesterday, we always need to have at least one great, big, hairy, scary, near impossible goal. Mm-hmm. And why do we need that? We just need one that just stretches us to the moon. Okay. And I told you what mine is for this coming year. And folks, I got a hmm out of that because it is a great, big, hairy, scary, near impossible goal. As I said to her, well, if I don't quite make it, where am I? Well, it's like we, we teachers used to say, nobody's perfect, but if you aim for perfection, it's likely that you'll hit excellence along mm-hmm. the way. And so what you're trying to do is create a goal that will push you to a form of excellence much more than you've been able to do this last year or the year before. And I said near impossible. I didn't say it's impossible. But it's a it's a stretchy goal. Mm-hmm. And it's really going to cost you some time and some effort, some imagination. You're going to have to step outside of some comfort zones mm-hmm. in order to even start the wheels rolling. And I'm going to have to do some things that I don't want to do. And I'm going to have to do some things I haven't done. And I'm going to have to quit doing some things that I have done and honestly that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to have to give up a few things to reach this goal. Now, once you set that goal, you need to write that goal down in such a way that you can read your goals every day. Now, years ago, I carried them on three by five cards in my pocket. Well, remember, kids, we predate the internet, okay? So we're old school. That, yeah, that yeah. goes back, and <laughs> I think we had graduated from quill pens. To the fountain pen. Well, I think we stopped did. riding horses to the one-room schoolhouse there for a right, while. Right, right. So yeah. I carried those three-by-five cards in my pocket, and I pulled those out a couple of times each day. I read them the first thing in the morning, and I read them the last thing at night. So they stayed fresh on my mind. Today, we use digital files. Oh, sure. Yeah, just because we were born before the Internet doesn't mean we don't use it now. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't carry paper. I do. He actually prefers that. I carry paper. I carry a a, a notebook that goes with me everywhere, and I make notes in it, and I read from it. But my goals I've put onto digital files. Now, one of the things that we use is Evernote. 
It's a great program. There is a free version available. And we have my computer. I think we have your computer. We have my telephone, your telephone, and my tablet all set up on this. You can change a file, and it will automatically change on mine. I can change a file, and it automatically changes on yours. So we can write podcast notes on there. We can do research and put it on there. And then we both have it with whatever device that we have. And so we have put those on digital files, but we still have to go through and read those goals every single day. And it's good to make a note of what you accomplished today. And if you don't accomplish anything with that goal, just write nothing. I did nothing toward this goal today. That's okay. When you And there will be days that you won't be able to work on a particular goal. But if you begin to see that you write nothing on a string of days, you'll begin to say, hey, I need to do something on that day. Mm-hmm. I need to do something on that goal. Now, here comes the hard part. Make a decision and commit to it. So you're asking yourself, is this a worthy goal? Mm-hmm. And what does it accomplish in my life or does it accomplish and benefit others? It might be an experience. It might be for someone else's benefit. Does this goal or do these actions move me toward my purpose? You can have multiple purposes or even sub-purposes, which would involve your family, uh, your friends, your work, your coworkers, your school, uh, your community, your neighborhood, your immediate family, your extended family. I mean, just whatever your world entails. You know, yeah, and, and prepping for me is a sub-purpose. How do you explain a sub-purpose? Well, my purpose is caring for you and our family. That is my purpose, is to make sure that you folks are safe, healthy, fed, and warm if something happens. So the prepping becomes the sub-purpose or a sub-goal of my purpose of protecting you. So the purpose of caring for us. The purpose is caring caring, for you. And then the goal is prepping because that's measurable. The sub-purpose is prepping and then the goal is to have auxiliary heat, to have auxiliary Power. More specific. More specific. So I I, I break each individual thing down into a measurable goal. Now, we set a goal to purchase a new generator, and we broke that down to do that. We had to do a lot of research to find what we wanted to buy, what size we felt that we needed, and then we began to look for generators that fit that. And then we accomplished our goal by making that purchase. That's true. That's exactly what we did. Listen, right here, we're going to stop for just a few moments to hear from our sponsors, and we will be right back. Back in the day, if you had a business, you put an ad in the phone book and maybe the newspaper. When a prospective customer wanted what you did or sold, they would look you up in the yellow pages and give you a call on the landline. Well, that's not so anymore. In fact, if customers are under the age of 30, they may not even know what a phone book is. Today, everyone goes to the Internet looking for information before they buy. Even those of us who grew up with the phone book are going to the Internet before making buying decisions. 
In the 1990s and early 2000s, it was enough to have a website that told people your name, what you did, where you were, and your phone number. They looked you up and gave you a call. Websites were relatively easy to build, and they were all pretty basic. But they were websites, and we had a presence. Not so today. Prospective customers want to go to your website, find your product or service, read about it, compare it to others, then order it and pay for it online. If your business doesn't have a high-quality, very professional website, I can guarantee that your business is losing sales that you could otherwise be making. You need a professional website designer and builder, and you need good, reliable hosting. Proline Designs built the website for our latest book, Practical Prepping for Everyday People. It's a beautiful site, and it has sold a lot of books. Proline Designs is now building our rebranded Practical Prepping website, which will include a blog, forum, articles, books, and items to purchase, as well as our podcasts. Proline Designs also hosts our websites at lower cost than any other comparable company we found. That's value. And their reliability? Well, we have never experienced a website outage. That's reliability. Proline Designs. Have you ever noticed that when you're around a bunch of guys, all the knives look pretty much the same? They may be larger or smaller, and they may have a different blade or handle design, but they're all pretty much generic-looking, sporting goods store knives. But a custom-built, fixed-blade knife really stands out, or at least it should. It should be high-quality, durable, and exceptionally beautiful. It should be razor-sharp and hold an edge. That describes a Jim Curtis knife. Jim Curtis builds custom knives in central Alabama and ships them to you. He will send you photographs throughout the process, and the two of you will communicate until your knife is exactly what you want. You'll receive a knife that is as beautiful as it is functional. Jim Curtis Knives builds quality that is affordable. Each knife comes with Jim's lifetime guarantee, which includes lifetime sharpening as well as detailed care instructions to protect and preserve your unique knife. You can have your knife built to your design specifications. Choose your steel. Choose your blade design. Choose your handle material. Choose your sheath, leather, or kydex. You can also select one Jim has already designed and crafted. Each one is a work of art, yet highly functional and destined to be passed down to a family member. He posts many of these on his Facebook page. The colors, designs, and blade styles are breathtaking. You can ask questions about the knife you are considering, and he is good to respond to every question. But they go pretty fast, so don't wait too long. Whatever style you choose, it's going to be beautiful. Remember, all Jim Curtis knives come with a lifetime guarantee, lifetime sharpening, and two band-aids. Yes, it's just that sharp. Mark has a Jim Curtis knife that I gave him last Christmas. He loves it and carries it proudly. And yes, he's used both band-aids. Check out Jim Curtis knives on Facebook or drop him an email. Both links are in the show notes and on Practical Prepping website. Oh, welcome back. Now, how are we going to accomplish all of this stuff? One, we're going to start out with making a plan. Now, my dad said, plan your work and work your plan. Now, I say make that a 
written plan. You know, we've talked about prepping plans mm-hmm. as being written. We talked about emergency binders and action plans, threat assessments, all of the types of things that we've asked our prepper friends and listeners to say, you know, take the time to sit down sometime and carve out some time and begin to write emergency plans. And you're talking here about setting goals and, and thoughts of accomplishment You want those to actually be written. And I think because writing something out not only causes you to think about it more intentionally, it also causes you to be very specific about exactly what it is you want to do. And it doesn't have to be big or small in anybody else's Mm -hmm. eyes. It's your goal. It's not somebody else's goal. It's your goal. Now, how am I going to accomplish that goal? You break those goals down into an action plan. Whatever action has to happen for that goal to be completed, just using the generator example, Mm -hmm. we had to research. In order to research, we really had to know what was available and make some determinations of what would fit our needs. And then we had to research to find out what generators met our specific criteria. So each of those were particular action points. Each one was steps that was required to complete this action. And we set completion dates for the step completion. And I do this with my goals. I do this in personal goals. I did this in business that we would we would literally print out our overarching goal for the company and we would post that where every person could see that. It was prominent. It was like a mission statement. It it was like a mission statement. Mm -hmm. And so we had that on the wall that everyone could see. And then we had steps. How will we accomplish that? Step one, we'll do this. Step two, we'll do this. Step three, we'll do this. And those steps build. Those are just the, the, literally the staircase to reach your goal. But set completion dates. Now, here's one that, that I've done for years, and that's to make a master list. I kept one on my desk back in the pen and paper days. Mm-hmm. And I do it electronically today. But anything that I need to do goes on that list. You can use a legal pad, a steno pad, spiral notebook. You can do it digitally. But everything you need to do goes on that list. I might come to work and have 10 things already on that list. So I would write another date. That's today's date. So that anything below this date before another date, I know went on today. It might be take out the trash. I need to take out the trash. And I'd write Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day that had to happen on there. So at a glance, I could see. And some of the things that went on the master list might not have to happen until three months from now. But I might have to break those down into some other things that I had to do before then in order to be able to reach that target date. I know I'm getting a little bit complicated here, but... Everything that you need to do, whether it's immediate, whether it's today, whether it's later, write it on that list. I have written some things on mine that we're not going to do until the summer, but I don't want these things to 
fall through the cracks. So what you're saying here is you're you're basically creating a to-do list that is an auxiliary to your goals list. You're you're trying to fit in what must what must I do today? What must be done? What must be written down today as a master list? I see that more as a to-do list, and some of that could be goal steps, and others is just what I call earth duties. I mean, you know, a lot of us are sitting there thinking, okay, you want me to sit down and write down that I've got to do the laundry? You know, a lot of times if I haven't written it down, I might not do it, and maybe I need to get that laundry done. So maybe maybe writing these things that I must do today and out that, helps. That's a personal thing, but this is not yet the to-do list. Oh, it kind of sounded like this, it to me, though. This is the master list. These are things that I must do at some point. And I write them on the list because I don't want them to fall through the cracks. I see. Now, I will take that list, and every day I will look down that list and say, what is the most important thing that I must do today? Oh, this is like a form of prioritizing. Exactly. What's the most important thing on this list that I must do today? Mm. Now, there are some things that become more urgent than something that is a little bit less important. And there are other things that are more important but less urgent. I see. And we've explained this to other folks like, our marriage, you know, there, there's nothing more important to me than us. But there are times that there are things more urgent. There are times that I may have to stay late from work. There are times I've been called in to work. We've been sitting at a table out having lunch, and you'll get a phone call. And that phone call says, I need you on duty right now. And I have and to And you've got to go. And so it's not like lunch with me is less important. It's something else was more urgent. So that's how your list breaks down. What is the most important thing that I can do or that I need to do today? And then what's second? What's third? What's fourth? And you prioritize, and those can be from anywhere on the list, but what is the most important thing for me to do today? And so take five or six of those things, put those over on your to-do list, and then prioritize those. Of these five, what's the most important of these five? Hmm. I need to accomplish these five things today, but what's the most important of these five things? And prioritize those, and then get started. Don't spend all your time planning. <laughs> yeah. you got to do some getting started. Yeah, sometimes you actually have to put feet to your plans, right? Yeah, and that comes down to practicing good time management. Yeah, that's, that's an area that I struggle. I do struggle with time management. I and do. we need to be very good stewards of our time. You know, we, we get the same number of hours as everybody else. And I can think of 15 people who are extremely good at time management, almost effortlessly, it seems. And then other people, they're absolutely worn out and tired, but they've done nothing. Mm -hmm. It's ironic. And one of the things to do is eliminate distractions. See, if we're in the office, we can not have social media. We can not answer our me email every time it clicks. We don't have to know right now who sent that. Mm -hmm. uh, I've gotten in the habit of checking my email two or three times a day, and that way I'm not distracted by that. 
Phone calls can be a little different option. Uh, you can put those off. You can turn your phone off if you need to avoid those distractions. Part of that depends on what your job is and what you do. Another distraction in offices is what I call drop-ins, people that drop by your door. Close your door. Mm-hmm, yeah. Close your door and get some work done. If it's the home, the garage, the shop, the homestead, stick to a project until it's finished. See, that's hard. That can be hard. I have been known to start 10 things, and then I've got 10 unfinished things. Mm-hmm. I've started 10 things with all the best intentions, and these not one of them got finished. Well, one or two may eventually get finished, but I would have been better at time management if I had started the one thing and prioritized whatever those things are. Started one thing, accomplish it, move to the next, accomplish it, because that's a better form of time management. Yeah, I read an article the other day that was talking about how multitasking actually cost us time and productivity. I can see that. I can I can completely see that. We've all multitasked, and in some cases we, we must, especially some of us that are juggling home, school, children, you know, job, demands. Uh, a lot of times you've got 10 things coming at you at one time, and you've just really got to, I call it throwing all your plates up in the air. You know, those plate jugglers, mm-hmm. and they've got them up on sticks. How many plates have you got up in those sticks right now? Sometimes you'll find that you can't really give 100% to any one of those things. They only get a a small portion of you. And have you really given your best? But when we're talking about the the things that are required to reach a major goal, we need to eliminate those distractions. If we're working on a report, we're working on a project, Mm -hmm. we need to eliminate those distractions. Now, some other things, you can cook and do laundry at the same time. Oh, sure. You get your food started, and you go over and put a load in the washer, and then you can ignore it for a while, and you can go back to what you were doing. That's not exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, I know what you mean. But the things that, you know, I'm sitting here working on this report or this project or doing this research or doing this writing, and my email dings, and I sit here, and in just a minute, I've got to figure out what that email was. So I've got to break from my project, go to my email, and it might or might not be something that I need to take action on. About half the time, it's going to be spam email. Right. But if it is something that I need to take action on, then I take the three minutes it takes to answer that email or whatever. And then when I go back to the report, it's like, where was I? And so it takes you a few minutes to get back up to speed on your report, your research, your project, or whatever it was that you were doing. So we need to eliminate those distractions. Now, here's one that I used to do in the office, and my daughter, who was one of my business partners at the time, thought this was kind of funny, and that was that I would schedule start and stop times for certain things. Almost like make an appointment. I would make an appointment with myself, Mm -hmm. and it was more than I could do. Let's say I set aside an hour. And it was more than I could do in that one hour. This, These usually were ongoing things like marketing, bookkeeping, things like that. And so I would set a start time. And at this time, I start doing whatever it is. And I quit doing at my stop time. 
And so I didn't focus on anything but that for that one hour mm-hmm. or that half hour. A dedicated appointment time. Exactly. Now, there does have to be some flexibility in there, partially depending on what your job is. And if we were in business and at that particular time, customer calls were a very high priority because nobody sold anything till the phone rang. Exactly. And sales presentations took priority over everything. Those sales presentations, we allowed more flexibility because that was driven by the client, what their needs were, what they, what information they needed. So, but what I'm saying here is you may need to schedule some start times and some stop times for these things. And then finally, track your goals. Now, Write out your activities. Write what you did. I And I do this on paper now. I have almost like a journal that I write out what I did or write out what I didn't do. And I keep a journal of those activities. And through that, I can track the progress of those goals. See, that's an interesting aspect of goal setting that I had never really given a lot of attention to because I figured if I've set my goal, I kind of just put it on in the shelf in my mind. It's there. I can see it. But I'm just going to hit at it just, you know, willy-nilly throughout the year to whatever I think the accomplishment of that goal is. But when you're saying you're actually treating goals almost like a business Mm -hmm. in the sense that if they're important enough to you, no matter what they are, if they're important enough to you, treat them almost like a business client, as it were. You're going to pay a lot of attention to this client because they represent something extremely important for you. Well, in this case, I am the client. Well, that's what I'm saying. you are the client. But the goal itself, you're giving the goal a new level of importance by reporting in Mm -hmm. on that goal. Like some time has passed, however much time, that's up to the person. But you know, let's check in with me. I want to, let's have a meeting in in 10 days with this client, i.e. goal. And let's talk about what, what movement has been made toward this goal. What has any movement been made toward it? And, you know, if you're in business with a client for a while and you're not really moving at all on what they're demanding from you, they are going to rise up and fire you, and you're going to be out of business quick. They they see that you're not prioritizing them. Right, and you've got some decisions to make. So if we think enough of a goal to set that goal, then we need to prioritize those goals. If we're looking at getting started prepping and we want our first goal to be three days' worth of food, then we need to be dogged in that. We need to be like a beagle on that trail. We need to be working on that goal until we get that three days' worth of food. And water. And water. I'm always going to be the advocate for water. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there was a time that we set a goal to store X amount of water by mm-hmm. a given date. Right. And we reached that goal. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't that hard. It was just a matter of figuring out how much we had and how much we needed and said, okay, every time we go to the grocery store, buy a gallon of water. Mm -hmm. And we put it up. And so that was a pretty good way to go about that. All right. So we've talked about some things that we can do to turn the page in the new year. It is a new year. It's a new opportunity. It's a time that we can have a new attitude. 
But we don't need to let past failures keep us from doing the things that we need to do. We need to determine that purpose and we need to set some goals and then make some decisions to commit to that goal, make a plan, break it down into an action plan, put anything that we're going to need to do on our master list so that we don't let those things drop through the cracks and then practice good time management. And we'll be able to look back at 2022 having accomplished so much more than we did in 2021 because we've got a plan. We've got a roadmap. We know where we're going. We know where we're going to be. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll just, I'll issue a challenge. Uh Oh, go ahead. Let's meet a year from now and let's do a wrap up show on what our goal accomplishment was for 2022. Okay. I'm all for that, but you and I are going to be meeting on about every week or so to go over to keep me accountable so that at the end of the year, I'll be able to share with you folks what all I've been able to accomplish because I've been accountable to her. Well, I'm just talking about this as a as a podcast. We don't have to reveal, you know, what our goals are until next year until we can say, okay, I had X number of goals. I wanted to do this, this, this and this is what I accomplished. I, I, my goal is that we can say we accomplished our goals, mm-hmm. that we won't say I fell down on this one or I didn't complete this one or whatever. And one of my 2021 goals was to go to five podcasts per week in 2022. And we'll know whether I did that by Friday. <laughs> so That's coming. Folks, it's even good to have you with us tonight, and we certainly appreciate it. And uh, We, we just, do appreciate our listeners. We uh, really do. There's been so much support, so much reaching out of listeners to us. Uh, they miss us when they don't hear us. They let us know, and we love you for that. We thank you for that. We want to give you good podcast content. We welcome your comments. We welcome your questions. We welcome your ideas. We are wide open to learning new wonderful things, particularly in the world of preparedness. We do welcome all of our international listeners, too, because they bring a unique perspective that we've learned a lot from because mm-hmm. they're living in situations and in countries and lands and in regions that are vastly different from what we have experienced. And they're growing up and living differently than we've grown up and lived in. And so we do thank you for that. Your support and your listenership means the world to us. And we just appreciate you allowing us into your lives, even for just a little bit. Stick with us as we go five day. I think it's going to be fun. We are going to have a lot more neat guests coming this year, lots of interview podcasts. We're very excited about all those kinds of things that we can share with you. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support since October 2020. And here we are now, cruising on into 2022 let's all just join together arm in arm and let's just make this the best possible year we've ever had and we'll see you next time we hope you've enjoyed the podcast today hopefully you've learned something picked up a tip or something we said may have triggered a thought that'll help you in your prepping journey if you haven't already go ahead and click that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode and share it with your friends and family and remember stuff happens Stay prepared.